Next on BYU Sports Nation, it's a hoops game day. Are you optimistic or is it wait and see? What are we expecting in our first up-close-and-personal look at this year's Cougar team? Greg Rubel, sans a glorious mustache, will join us to discuss. Oh, you've got to see that. Oh, yeah. And why is Butch Pau playing through a busted hand? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your host. Jerem Jordan, and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is November, people. November 1st, 2017. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is helping his kids get over too much candy corn, which is a common problem in America. Not? Don't eat candy corn. So I'm joined by Alice Cooper, a.k.a. Jason Shepard. I don't know if you can tell. Now, I, I normally have... Darker circles under my eyes. You got some guy liner. You but got yeah, some yeah. Eyelashes. I had the yeah. full Alice Cooper makeup going. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure that I've still been able to get it all off. I have, the answer's no, a little bit. <laughs> I have tried everything I possibly could to get that, that yeah. black eyeliner well, stuff. You got to start taking showers. We've talked about this. I have. I've scrubbed my eyes to the point that they actually <laughs> hurt right now. Wow. <laughs> so, well, then. But, I, you know, I've tried. I've tried my best. It but, is what it is. But it was part of an amazing experience yes. last night. For those that missed it, we had the BYU Sports Halloween Spooktacular last night from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in the parking lot, the trunk or treat with BYU Athletics. It was so awesome. Uh, Spencer and I were Wayne and Garth from Wayne's World. You were Alice Cooper. It was so fun. Uh, Ron Burgundy, a.k.a. Greg Rubel, will join us coming up. Uh, Kalani Satake was the third member of Millie Vanilli. Uh, Mo Longy was Biggie Smalls. Um, there were so many good costumes, so many good costumes last night. It was super fun. Bradenell Bakery was Bane. <laughs> <laughs> and he did the interview as Bane. Yes, it was fantastic. Here's the one thing I, I've noticed. I was not, I, I needed to lose a lot of weight, weight in my face well, to not, really pull off. You know, Matthew McConaughey, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I should have gone method and, you know, Really got into the Alice Cooper and like for weeks. Lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that's that's not <laughs> cool. So it was really fun. If you missed it, um, you missed out. It was great. Oh, by the way, Game Seven day. Today is Game Seven day. Game World seven Series. Of what? Oh, World Series of uh, oh, that Stanley Cup or something. Finals. Uh, the World Series. Astros Dodgers tonight. Oh, game for the longest awesome. time, it was one nothing Astros, and you're thinking, "Wow, Th- they're going to do it." After what we saw in Game Six, are we going to have a one nothing final? Yeah. And then obviously the uh, the Dodgers got things going; they hold on. Jack Peterson, pay me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I saw some. I saw a stat. I think That's it may have funny. been Buster Olney that said his at bats have been double home run, double home run, double home run. He got benched. For Chris Taylor, and yeah, now he's like, yeah, yeah, has three home runs in the World Series. It's or something? crazy. He's a baller, kind of like Jason when he comes. We all show. win. You're the Jock Peterson of BYU Sports. Thank Nation. you so much. Yeah. I think we <laughs> all win with a game seven. Yes, we do. It's going to be awesome. So, I will be. I will be. We, we've got a little. Whatever the team that loses. Yeah, we've got a little something with with BYU basketball night. But I will keeping a close people, eye. Dual screen on World Series. Dual screen yes. situation, people. Let's get to today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. And this is what you can dual screen tonight. Men's Hoops plays Westminster at home. Second exhibition game for the Cougars against another team. First at home. 9 Eastern time live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Yesterday, assistant coach Tim Lacombe said BYU is having good practices. 
I really like our guys' business-like approach so far this year. We really have had practice, our practices have been really good. Every day they come trying to get better. And that is a good thing. Uh, tonight's coverage begins, by the way, at 8 Eastern time on BYU Radio with your boy, Jason Shepard. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, BYU football continues preparation for Fresno State on Saturday. Yesterday on the coordinator's corner, offensive coordinator Ty Detmer previewed the matchup with the Bulldogs. They're, they're a really good football team. They're well coached. They play physical. And, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're just one of those teams that you're going to have to go in and play really hard. And, and it's going to be a dogfight. Countdown to kickoff starts at 9.30 p.m. Eastern right here on BYU TV. Radio coverage getting underway at 8.45 Eastern on BYU Radio with my boy. And can I be my boy? No, you can't say my boy as yourself. As myself? No. Is that like a third person, my boy? Yeah. You know what? You know what? (laughs) I don't have a yellow card. I only have red, and I'm not giving you Should I give you the yellow card that I have? Yeah, that's a yellow. That's a warning. That's a (laughs) caution. Yeah, exactly. Jimmer Fredette put up 25 points last night, grabbed four rebounds in a Shanghai Sharks 123-112 win. He had under 30 points, so I would say it was a somewhat off night. It was an off night. It was an off night for Jimmer, but he still poured in 25. And in the win. Uh, You're not going to pronounce the the team name that they beat? Uh, No. Okay. No, I don't know how to say it, so I'm not going to say it. Good, because Thanks I, for pointing it out. had I got there, but I would have the done the Lions. exact same thing. So they lost to the Long Lions, and then they just beat the Gold Lions. It's, are there non-Lion teams that he plays against? Tianyin Gold Lions. How okay. about that? Yeah. How about that? Did someone feed you that? Or no, you... I, I'm just guessing. Tianjin is what we're told. Tianjin. There yeah. we go. Okay. okay. There you go. Okay. Women's golf finished ninth at the SMU Trinity Forest Invitational with Rose Huang finishing tied for 10th at 8 over par. This concluded the Cougars' playing time for fall. They'll resume play in February. The AP poll just came out for men's basketball. We'll tell you where Gonzaga and St. Mary's fit in that coming up. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Ball night! Tonight, the men's basketball team embarks on the third exhibition game of the season, first at home against another team. This is a good thing. This game comes on the heels of a season that didn't finish like anyone wanted and the most quiet offseason in recent memory for BYU hoops. In fact, I remember tumbleweeds just going by between the Merritt Center and the Annex in our building. While we all festered in negativity about last season and Eric Mika's departure, we hoped for football to bring some positivity, positivity to the table, and it didn't happen. But now, BYU football is coming off a win against San Jose State. Can you feel the difference? It just feels better. And basketball got a nice charity exhibition win in the pit. Take that, Snake. <laughs> so it's time to embrace hoops whilst we watch football try to salvage the season. So answer today's Twitter question. How would you best define your level of optimism for the BYU basketball season? Mm. At uh, 10 dog. 10 dog? That's T-E-N-N, so I'm assuming Tennessee dog. Like Tennessee? Exactly. Pretty high since I know we have talent. Okay. High with a touch of uneasiness due to the unknown, though with new uh, and uh, slash missionary players. Yeah, hopefully none of the guys are missionaries currently, but I know what you mean. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So... High, but but still somewhat reserved. Yes. So I I think that may be something that may be a theme with with the tweets that we get today. I, I'm just that's it's what we guess. That's what we've seen so far, and we'll read your tweets. Use hashtag BYUSN coming up because last year was a 22 win season, which for most programs would be fantastic. Yes. But it wasn't the standard Lone Peak three. <gasps> 
and that whole thing didn't work out. Eric Mika left and kind of left the door open there for, you know, with him went the expectations, okay? And then football goes one and seven, now two and seven, nice. It's kind of like, I I get the sense that the fan base doesn't want to be burned by expectations. Remember that Vegas didn't help this. In football, Vegas said, BYU's a 10-win team. (laughs) What? What? Vegas is usually pretty close to right. Well, even then, I was like, 10? What? Spencer was on the 10 train. I was not as much on the 10 train, although I... Where's the hat? Where's the hat? Where is that hat? What? What? Controversy. Where's where's the (laughs) tournament train hat? We can't make the tournament without the hat. I, don't, I literally don't see it. All right, we've got to get that before the game tonight. Well, we've got to get it before March. That's what we've got to do. I think the fan base is hesitant to go all in on something because they're afraid of getting burned because it happened in the last two seasons of basketball and football. No, I, I, that I happens under- occasionally. That's all right. Look, I understand that, and, and I agree with you. I, I think so much of the disappointment last year was not necessarily just – because of the win-loss record, or maybe some of how the game... It was how it ended. Is, yeah, the season ended. But, but it was because expectations were so high. Yeah. And as we found out, unrealistic. So now that... Well, in year one, unrealistic. Yes. In year three, maybe there's something. But we only saw one we year! Only, we only saw one year. So because expectations are lower... Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that there still aren't expectations. I think there are very few expectations. But I, I, there, is, there is an optimism around this team. And it kind of goes back to the first tweet that we read, that there are there is talent on this team. Yoli Childs is going to be really fun to watch. He, is, he has the potential to be a dominant player. Yeah. Spencer thinks he's the best player in the league right now. I, I, I think that's overvaluing him at this point. I think he could be. Yeah. I think he could be. They have talent on this roster. It's going to be... A different style than yes. what we saw last year. Yes, I, I think defense, which is needed. Defense is what we. How many times have we talked about this team needs to be better defensively? This has been a focus. Heath Troyer has talked to them and pounded it not into just, their head. Not just talked. They yes, practiced. This. Yes, they and uh, defensively. Yes, there is an optimism about what is possible with this team. Kevin Garnett thinks that anything is possible. <laughs> But, it, okay, yes, I agree with you. Um, I'm not sure how optimistic the fan base is. I think the fan base is being fair to this team, which is, I don't know. I'm just, I just want to wait and see, and we'll get to your tweets in a sec. But when BYU played New Mexico, that was our first time against another opponent. I liked what I saw, especially shooting and defending shooting from New Mexico, from BYU, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU shot 52% while holding New Mexico to just 37% from the field at game at the pit. Okay, one game, but 52% I'll take in any single game against any opponent. 37% I will take against any opponent as well. What is more impressive to you, the 52% shooting or the 37% holding New Mexico? It's the defense. Absolutely defense. Absolutely. And that's, if BYU, yeah, BYU went 5 for 21 from 3 and had 23 turnovers. Normally that meant a loss, but BYU won that game on the road, which is good. And, and again, it's an exhibition. That's a 17-win New Mexico team. That's not a 25-win New Mexico team. But I will take it. Listen, I don't care. It's, it's a young group. There, there are no seniors, and there's one freshman. It's different, right? And that was a quality win. So use hashtag BYUSN. How would you define your level of optimism for the BYU basketball team? But before we get to your tweets, 
How many days away are we from the Delta Devils? Countdown to the Delta De- Countdown to the Delta Devils. Ten days away. Ten days away. Hey, there's the hat. Week and a half, and there's the hat. There's the, there's the tourney train hat. You, you get to the tweets. i got to grab it. I'm bringing it up. All right, our I'm Twitter question up. again. How would you best define your level of optimism for the BYU basketball season? Uh, this one in from at Melocopter. Could be good, but don't dive in headfirst just yet. Dip your toes in. That's fine. Dip your toes in. I'm thinking you and may see, be able to wade in you. all the way, say, I don't know, mid-calf. Right now? Mid-calf. Let BYU play some non-conference games. Mid-calf. Okay, AP preseason top 25 just came out. Gonzaga at 18, St. Mary's at 22. Okay, so we knew these two teams would be ranked. Uh, I'm surprised St. Mary's isn't ahead of Gonzaga, given who returns. Right. The, the preseason stuff is all about who's back. And St. Mary's has more known than Gonzaga. We need the uh, St. Mary's face right now. Not for me. <laughs> at Melocopter. No, no, no. You read that That's one. That's the one I just read. Yes. You read that one. At Toshlin19. Cautiously optimistic for a good season. I love Yoli's improvement yes. and some of the newcomers, but losing Meek is going to hurt a lot. We'll see. I think the flow is going to be better for BYU. Yeah, I, I, like, I like the talent they have on this roster. Coming up, Butch Pau is playing with a busted hand. Why that isn't stopping him or the BYU defense this week? And next, Ron Burgundy or Greg Rubel. Where's his optimism for BYU basketball right now? This is BYU oh, Sports epic. Nation. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Fans everywhere. Welcome back. We're simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation is happening right now on the Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Men's basketball in action tonight. Exhibition against Westminster, the Fighting Devageres. And it's not what they are. <laughs> they are the Griffins. Tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Pre-game coverage on the radio, by the way, 8 p.m. Eastern time. With your boy, Jason Shepard. Our Twitter question, how would you best define your level of optimism? For the BYU basketball season at David White, BYU. Regarding the basketball team, I am definitely a Missourian. Oh, yeah. They will have to show me. Beating the Lobos in the pit is a good start. I absolutely agree with that. The volume is low, but I like the new look. I like the personnel. I like the injection of energy and schematic difference from Heath Troyer. And I'm interested to see it play out. I'm going to give these guys non-conference to kind of figure it out. And then we'll know. If BYU doesn't lose... That many games or any at all to the non-St. Zagas, now we're talking. That's what we're talking about is avoiding those losses. Here's what I like about this roster. It's interchangeable. Okay. You have guys that can play multiple positions, multiple looks, both offensively and defensively. So the interchangeability, which I'm not even sure is a word, I think it is. It is, yeah. Do You just add ability to whatever and it works. Sure, why not? Yeah, exactly. I, I like that aspect of this yeah. roster. A man who's also interchangeable in that he can go to another character. He can even put out on a mustache and hair, and then all of a sudden he's Ron Burgundy. His name is Greg Rebell. He is the voice of the Cougars, and he is on BYU Sports Nation. What is up, Greg? I miss the hair, I'll be honest. I miss the mustache. We all have less hair today than we did last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. This is true. Uh, <laughs> what was your favorite part about the Halloween Spooktacular last night? Because mine was you as Ron Burgundy. Mine was getting to be somebody else for an hour. <laughs> yeah. You know, at some point you say, if we're going to stay in character, let's just go with it and see what happens. Yes. And uh, live or die. And hopefully it was the former. But, uh, yeah, it was a blast. Good time. When did you realize, uh, you know what, I've, I've just got to do this. I'm, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go. Because you stated, we, Spencer and I weren't in character the whole time, uh, but you were, which I rather enjoyed. I, I think when I got the first reaction from Kalani on the first question I asked as Ron, I figured, let's just go with it. <laughs> 
see if I can see if I can keep the voice a little bit lower than it normally is and uh, and see how it goes. Yeah, it was fun. I, you know, it's again, I wasn't I wasn't the best Ron Burgundy in the world. Uh, you know, Ron Will Ferrell is Will Ferrell for a reason. But uh, yeah, I, I felt I stuck with it. For <laughs> <laughs> Look at that! Just on BYU TV, we're showing you as Ron Burgundy. We're showing Molongi as Biggie. As- <laughs> Biggie Smolt. Like, this is an amazing visual. (laughs) That was a great moment. It really was. You know, that's, that's, uh, you know, on my demo reel, that's going on there. I don't don't have a demo reel. (laughs) But uh, if if I ever have one, it's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When I I go job hunting, that's going to go on there. You're like, hey, just just know that I'm uh, versatile. All right, so we've got got basketball. We'll get to the basketball in a second. Yeah. BYU football is a 15-point underdog to Fresno State. Why or why not do you think that is a fair take from the uh, the folks in Vegas. Well, you know, Fresno is a very good defensive football team and they are, you know, a few wins better than BYU at this point. Uh it's uh, it's you know, it's to be expected. Uh, BYU to this point probably merits that kind of line. Uh they're they're a favorite for a lot of good reasons. Good football team. They didn't play their best against uh, UNLV. It was kind of a an odd one to see at that point, but that does say they're gettable, right? Uh, if UNLV can go in there, UNLV hadn't won in Fresno ever, I think. It's it, like in a long time. It's been a long something. long time. So uh the fact they got that it proves a little bit of vulnerability. Again, we add the word ability. No, it's uh you it, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it shows a vulnerability for Fresno State, but they're they're favorites for good reasons. Uh, really fine football team. Uh, Ed Lamb uh, the other day told me he thinks they're the they're the best team, uh, top to bottom. BYU will see the rest of the way, and and, and not by a close margin. And so uh, there are a lot of reasons to be impressed by them. Among the things they do really, really well is keep that backfield clean. Uh, the quarterback rarely gets touched. They've allowed six sacks in eight games. So disruption is hard. You can't really disrupt the Fresno State backfield. Uh, McMarion is a very efficient passer and can run around really well, and you just don't disrupt too much uh, in, in their backfield. So uh, negative yard plays are very rare uh, for this Fresno State team. The offensibility of BYU mm-hmm. uh, yeah, came, I'm not out, sure about that one. came out Saturday. <laughs> So the question is, was that a breakout for BYU, and will we see more of that? Or will BYU revert to its old ways? It's a tough matchup against a good defensive team who's pitched two shutouts. Uh, San Diego State only scored three. So how do you think things play out for the first time for BYU since 98 in Fresno? Well, I think we see a turn-it-loose Cougar team that we've seen really the back half of the Fresno of the ECU game and, of course, the entire uh, San Jose State game. And why not at this point? Just a letter rip. We saw a lot of first-down throws uh, from Ty Detmer in the offense this past weekend. Uh, BYU's uh, had Tanner Mangum at back-to-back 300-yard games when he hadn't had any 300-yard games against FBS in the first, or BYU hadn't since Ty had come on board. Uh, now back-to-back weeks, again, vulnerable defenses and, and generous defenses. But that said, they actually were able to complete a lot of pl- passes and many downfield as well. So, yeah, I say just let her rip. Uh, nothing to lose at this point, and, and why not just uh, you know, give it a go uh, with that aggressive mindset we saw last week. That's what I wanted to ask you about in terms of the aggressive mindset. I mean, it went beyond just being aggressive because I think Ty Detmer and the coaches have, have called – the play calling has been aggressive. It's been the execution of the aggressive play calling. Can that continue this week, do you think? Well, that's uh, going to be the objective. Fresno State's defense is, is pretty good at, at disrupting. Uh, but uh, Ty Detmer at this point and Tanner Mangum, they, I think they know who to go to. They've got their playmakers right now kind of identified. And uh, those guys have proven the ability to make plays. Uh, T- Tanner needs to be just a, a tad more consistent on the easier throws. 
But, uh, you know, the, the, the tougher, more long-distance throws, I don't think there's too many they missed on uh, last week against San Jose State. Uh, and, and it was uh, a pass efficiency day for BYU that was right around 150. They haven't been there for a long time. They're at 149.4, I think, last week. You can win a lot of games at that number. In fact, if we want to identify a stat, uh, maybe not the stat that matters for this week, but... A stat, so a stat that doesn't matter? A stat that matters a bit. Uh, <laughs> matters somewhat, but not enough to be a graphic. Matterability? Uh, so... <laughs> They were 149.4 in pass efficiency last week. When they get to 150, they've won 33 straight games at that number. Mm. And so they are very close to it last week. And if you're there, uh, you're going to win a ton of games. And, and Fresno State's quarterback is almost right there as well for his season. So he's been very efficient on the year. And keep in mind that uh, that Marcus, what's his last name? Mar- McMarion. McMarion. He was at Oregon State in 2015 with one Kalani Stock and Elias Tuiaki. So you know, some familiarity yeah, there. Yeah. So that stat uh, mattered a bit. Uh, what is a stat that matters? Well, the, the Braden L. Bakery hit last week was, was, was big, not just because it, it, it stopped us all in our tracks and caused the oohs and ahs around the stadium and got the sideline fired up and all those things. And a bony fuller tweet. It created a short field on which BYU scored a touchdown two plays later. That made it 14-0. BYU, as a frontrunner, is an excellent football team. Now, most teams will say, yeah, we'd like to play with the lead, but BYU is exceptional with the lead. If they can get to halftime with the lead – uh, they've won 13 straight games, and going back to 2005, their win rate is 90%, just with a halftime lead. So getting up 14-zip, keeping the cushion toward the interval is huge for BYU and huger for BYU than most teams. That 90% win rate is exceptional if they can just play a solid first 30 and play with that lead coming into the third quarter. And Kalani hasn't, yet, hasn't lost a game yet with a halftime lead. He's only had eight halftime leads, but 8-0 no is 8-0. No. And, and so the early lead, the Albacri hit, the short field, the TD, all played into BYU doing what it does very well, and that is being a front runner. All right, let's switch gears, talk a little uh, BYU basketball. The Cougars got a, a nice exhibition win last Friday uh, at the pit against New Mexico, all for charity, which was really cool. Any takeaways from that? Were there any surprises uh, in that game that you saw or listened to? Well, I, I won't say I'm surprised as much as I'm impressed by what I'm going to share. And first of all, anytime you win at the pit, whether it's October, February, March, it's a good win. Winning at the pit is always good. Uh, and, and so you take it whenever it comes against whatever kind of team they've got and whatever time of year it is. Winning at New Mexico means something, and that's good for this team. Uh, I was impressed by the fact that that number 23 in the turnover tally didn't kill BYU. BYU had more points off of turnovers than New Mexico did on half the number of turnovers. You see what New Mexico did. They, they, they had 12 takeaways, or BYU had 12 takeaways. BYU scored more points, 18 off of turnovers, than New Mexico did off of 23 giveaways, 17 points. And so the turnover number like that, that's going to kill you most games. But it didn't because BYU defended. They didn't give up the play after giving the ball away. They had a similar turnover against UT Arlington last year in the NIT. In fact, BYU had only, only 20 turnovers. But the, the Mavericks scored 30-plus points off of turnovers. When they gave the ball away, they gave the play away and kind of gave the game away. But against New Mexico in the pit, the turnovers didn't kill them. That's a great sign. It's a full-court press, all 40, so they were frazzled at times. Yes, they gave the ball away at times, but they didn't give up on the play once they gave it away. They defended hard. Lobo's under 40% field goal, and BYU found a way to win despite that number. When you turn it over on about a third of your possessions, that's what BYU did. It's tough to win, but they found a way to win by grinding it out. Defensive mindset, very tough, stayed with it, found a way. I love it. And I, f- I love that BYU had a quality exhibition game. Like, BYU should win tonight you know, against Westminster, but... Yeah, playing New Mexico, winning in the pit, that is awesome. So what, what are you most excited to see 
tonight in another exhibition for BYU, this time at home. Yeah, the, the development of those 7-8 that they're really going to count on uh, once this thing gets going. Uh, and and Jasheer Hardnett uh, becomes kind of like the, again, a cougar tip-off and one exhibition is all we've seen. But he's got a good resume behind him coming in, and he shows he's the real deal. He is legit. I love Joshier Hardnett. What do you he, love about him? I love the fact that he's, he's tough, he's stocky, a driver, a finisher, a defender, a three-point shooter, but not by volume, and 10 assists, zero turnovers. This is what I really love through two exhibitions. Uh, how can you not like that line? And uh, I, I'm just excited to see how... Uh, deeply he's integrated into this lineup, how much Dave Rose asks him to do, how early, and the fact that you can throw a Jashir, uh, a, a TJ Haas, and an Elijah Bryant on the court and say one of these guys is going to bring it up, but you don't need to even know who on any given play. It could be Yoli Childs off the rebound. Like, he, it's different. Yoli, Yoli has, enough, has, has enough game where he could be. No matter who is, is asked to do something on this team right now, they appear to be almost qualified to do it. And Luke Worthington has scored – uh, you know, in the Cougar tip-off in double figures in both games. This is kind of a new-look Luke as well. Yeah, he goes to the pit and is almost perfect. Four or five from the field, four or four from the free-throw line. Really good defender. I'll say underrated defender. Uh, I think BYU really likes what they get from, from, from Luke in the post as a defender. And he's not going to be fed every possession like Eric Mika was, but he'll do with what he's given, I think, good things. And uh, I, 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 if you start Luke Worthington at center today, I say go for it. Yeah. Which player that we're not talking about right now do you think we will be, say, in two months? Uh, Dalton Nixon. I think Dalton Nixon will, will find himself in that top 7-8 and prove himself to be a very worthwhile part of this team this year. Uh, something to watch. He, he's yet to miss a free throw in a BYU uniform. He was 13 for 13 <laughs> as a freshman, and he has, of course, made all of his free throws in a couple of exhibitions. It'll end at some point, but that's a good thing to have uh, from a guy. You know, you put him at the line, and he can, he, and he can make those. And he just looks better, uh, yes. uh, and, and, you know, you expect that, you know, from, from freshman to sophomore. But those two years in between always leave you wondering how soon does he pick it back up. It appears very quickly, and uh, I'm excited to see what Dalton brings to BYU this year. BYU in Westminster tonight, 9 Eastern time, BYU TV, BYU radio, pregame coverage on the radio at 8 Eastern time. Uh, Heath Troyer, the, the question we were asking last week before the Cougar tip-off, okay, what will it look like on the court, the, the new scheme, the new energy? What have you taken away from the first two games as to what BYU does differently on offense and defense? Well, we were expecting a little longer possession time, perhaps. Now, that really didn't show itself yet. At the pit, that was an 83-possession game. And BYU's average clock time, I think, was 15 seconds. They were at 14 last year. So maybe one second slower. Not much of a difference there at all. It felt but, but, different, though. But it was the pace of the game. Again, you're pressed for 40 minutes. Uh, I, I think had BYU not been pressed, you would have seen a little more deliberate game, fewer possessions. 83 is largely a result of the, of, of the tempo that they played with because of New Mexico's defensive approach. But uh, I, I think just the fact that the, the Lobos shot 37.1%. Uh, on the night is is probably perhaps an indication of where this team might be under Heath and, and the new approach. And again, it's way too early to tell uh, through a Cougar tip-off and one exhibition on the road. But uh, I, I think as long as the players are buying into what uh, the coaches are teaching, and it, it appears that they are, um, that, that's as important as anything. And I think long-term, offensively, defensively, the schemes will, will wait a little longer before making judgments. But uh, I, I, think, I think the players are all believing that's what they can be this year, and that's important. Greg, it's that time again. It's the segment that's sweeping North America. What do you have for us today with a cool thing about Canada? Well, we are one day into November now, but the World Series uh, does finish tonight. Uh, Game 7, Dodgers and Astros. And uh, the World Series uh, is an October tradition. And, 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 and when, you are, when you have a nickname associated with uh, 
something like uh, Mr. October, Reggie Jackson. Yeah. When, you, when you're Mr. Anything, you're something. And we're talking about Mr. Hockey today. Mr. Hockey is the great Gordie Howe who passed away last year at the age uh, of 88. And there he is as a young lad with the Detroit Red Wings. Here's the thing about Gordie Howe, maybe not, maybe not a lot of people know. He played in five different decades, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s. He was an NHL player in the 40s and an NHL player in the 80s. When he finished up with the Hartford Whalers, he was 52 years old. <laughs> I turned 50 a couple months ago. Ty Detmer turned 50 this week. Uh, Ty's quarterback days are long since gone, but at 52, Gordie Howe was playing for the Hartford Whalers in the NHL. Not just playing, he had 15 goals in his final season. He had 15 goals and 26 assists as a 51 and 52-year-old and helped his team to the NHL playoffs. Gordie Howe is Mr. Hockey for a lot of good reasons, but longevity is one of them. Remarkable stuff that he'd be playing that long and at that age, 52. And uh, he was born just outside of my boyhood home of Saskatoon in the town of Floral, Saskatchewan. And uh, so we, uh, we, give, we give flowers of praise to Gordy Howe today, Mr. Hockey. That was perfectly that was timed to the anthem. That was perfect. That was, that was amazing. That was, that was perfect. Do you have an earpiece in? You don't have an earpiece I do. In? You do. Okay, yeah. you could hear the anthem. I couldn't yeah. see it. It was on the other side. I was like, I Greg. It, I heard it fade away. Yeah. Wow, that was beautiful. The only thing that, that would have made that better is if you had done the equal thing about Canada as Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I, I think it's, uh, Who isn't Canadian? Yeah, no, I, I think I think fans probably had enough. Who was a Canadian run Burgundy? Yeah, went, went in Rome. Went in Rome. Yeah. <laughs> Greg, we appreciate the time, man. Uh, we'll look forward to the game on BYU Radio tonight. Yeah, it's a great night. We got basketball in the air tonight. I'm excited yeah. about it. Yeah. In fact, uh, just basketball, no, soccer, and football over the next four days, four uh, games uh, yeah. on the radio. And no behind the mic because of pregame coverage. We got basketball until tonight. December yeah. 13th. Yeah, b- behind the mic's on hiatus for a few okay. weeks. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Hey, guys. Gregor Bell, voice of the Cougars, not Ron Burgundy, or the Canadian Ron Burgundy, whatever. Our Twitter question, how would you best define your level of optimism for the BYU basketball season? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Keep the tweets coming. Coming up, what's the chance BYU wins by 30-plus tonight? We'll discuss. We will discuss. I don't really want to answer that, but I guess I have to. And junior linebacker Butch Pau joins us. Did BYU turn a corner Saturday? And why is he still playing with a busted hand? This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, Jeremy Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anyway. Coming up, immediately following BYU Sports Nation, the re-air of After Further Review, coming up 1 p.m. Eastern time right here on BYU TV. That's right, Brian, David, and the guys. Breaking down, down a dub. A dub? Yes. Wow, how about that? Wow, it's been so long. <laughs> Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's Hoops hosts Westminster tonight for the second exhibition game at 9 Eastern Time, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Yesterday, assistant coach Tim Lacombe said BYU is having good practices. I really like our guys' business-like approach so far this year. We really have had practice. Our practices have been really good. Every day they come trying to get better. And that's what, and that's what you need in November is to get better. Uh, tonight, the first chance to see the team at home against another team while you dual screen Game 7 between the Astros and Dodgers. It's going to be a fun sports night for Cougar fans and sports fans. Lots of sportsing tonight. Mm-hmm. BYU football continues preparation for Fresno State on Saturday. Monday, yesterday on the coordinator's corner, offensive coordinator Ty Detmer previewed the matchup with Fresno State. They're, they're a really good football team. They're well coached. They play physical and uh, you know, they're uh, they're just one of those teams that you're going to have to go in and play really hard, and, and it's going to be a dogfight. 
Countdown to kickoff starts at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time Saturday night on BYU TV. On BYU Radio, pregame coverage will begin at 8.45 Eastern Time. The question is, uh, who's playing running back for BYU? Is KJ Hall back? Is Ula Tolutau going to play? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, know. I, I really hope Canada KJ Hall And then is Austin Confenses, the two deep at running back. We'll find out. Jim Fredette put up 25 points, grabbed four rebounds last night in the Shanghai Sharks' 123-112 win over the, what was it? Tianjin. Tianjin Gold Lions. All the Lions are either long or gold. Women's golf finished ninth at the SMU Trinity Forest Invitational with Rose Huang finishing tied for 10th at eight over par. This concluded the Cougars' play time, playing time for the fall. They'll resume play in February. Last season, Butch Pau played part of the season with a torn MCL. What? This season, Pau has a banged-up hand and is still out there trying to make plays. Here's our two-on-one interview with the BYU linebacker from yesterday. Butch, it's amazing the attitude adjustment that a win will give to a football team. Everything just feels better after a win. Um, what is the biggest difference that you've noticed after the victory on Saturday in San Jose State? We're, we're a lot happier. I mean, you come off a victory and you feel like, wow, we've worked so hard and finally we get one after that period of time where we weren't winning. And so Monday you saw a different mentality of the guys coming in and everyone was jumping up and down. And that's something we hadn't seen since week one. And so the practice has been going well. Everyone's been a lot happier. We're still practicing hard, and that's the kind of mentality the coaches want because they don't want us to let off the pedal. And so we're continuing to do that, and hopefully we can play well this week. What was the most validating part of the win Saturday? I think the most validating part of the win was seeing everyone play together. You saw the offense rolling. You saw the defense rolling. You saw younger guys come in. I mean, Morgan is a guy who hasn't gotten much playing time, but Fred went down and Morgan came in and let the team in tackles. I mean, I'm kind of angry that he did that, but you know what? If, if that gets us a win, then, you know, I'm all, I'm all for it. And so it's, it's nice to see the younger guys step up. Um, you saw KJ, who's banged up. He came off the injury and, and was everywhere on the field. The defense going to stop him. And so what we want is just to kind of continue with that, making sure the younger guys step up when their, their time is needed. And if we can do that, we'll get some more Ws. BYU forced five turnovers. There was explosive plays on offense and on defense. What was your favorite play from the win against San Jose State? Uh, I would say Dine's interception. I'm just kind of upset that I got the penalty. I mean, I hit the quarterback and looked around. I didn't see a flag, and so I just went downfield, continued to block, and I saw Dine running, and Fred was hauling. I mean, he was like 10 yards behind Dine, almost caught up to Dine, and was just leading the way. And then, you know, Penalty, 38, roughing the passer. And so I was kind of upset at that. Coaches were a little angry at me. And so What's that moment like, that. Butch, when it's like number 38? It's demoralizing. It's demoralizing, guys, and I hope it never happens again. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Do you have to say something to Dine at that point? Do you, like, look over at him and, like, my bad, my bad? We, we talked about it uh, right after the game, and he said that if I get an interception, he's going to strip me of the ball and then give it back to the offense <laughs> just to kind of pay it back. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen, but we'll see. That would be incredibly awkward. Oh, my gosh. Um, How is your health? How are you feeling? I mean, I'm still a little banged up. The hand hurts a little bit still. Um, but recovery is going well. Therapy is going well. And they said with time, you'll be at 100%. But, you know, we're just going to have to play through some pain, and that's fine with me. What kind of pain are we talking about, Butch? Like, is it just like eh, nagging, or like, do you just forget about it during game time? How does that work? You, I mean, it'll nag you for maybe a play, and then it'll go away. I mean, I think the thing is you're you're so caught up in the game and so you kind of forget about everything and so I mean there are some plays here and there where 
my hand will go numb and you know it's part of the game and so I mean I played through an MCL last year where I was fine and then I got I get cut and there's pain and so you just gotta learn how to play third and I think that's something that I'm learning and hopefully continuing to learn so I can get better and kind of forget about that pain throughout the entire game. Well, at least you don't have to use your hands in football. That's the good news. Yeah, it's kind of hard yeah. at the linebacker position, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about something that didn't have anything to do with you, but I want your comment on. Um, so Brian Logan had a bold prediction before the game on our pregame show, uh, and he said that BYU would have 600-plus yards of total offense. That was pretty bold given the way things had gone. BYU sitting on 598 after Neil Powell catches the ball. Then Neil fumbles <laughs> it. <laughs> And it cost Brian Logan his bold prediction. Um, your your, sorry, your thoughts. Logan, I apologize. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's my younger brother. Well, I'm not going to apologize. He should come and apologize to you. So next time you guys it's grab him, him. Yeah, next time you guys grab him, him, make sure you bring that up. Yeah. We were dying as he was as well. It was really bad. He apologizes for that. Sorry, we were guys. all laughing at Brian, actually. Yeah, as and I was happened. laughing at my brother when it happened. But yeah, hopefully it doesn't happen again. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's guys fumbling, and it's but it was it was a good game. We're joking about kind of some of these moments, but now Fresno State comes up. Mm. This is a team that's played some good ball. Then they lost to UNLV by ten. They they look a little vulnerable in a way that way. What do you think of the Bulldogs? They're well, people don't see that they're really tough. I mean, the running back is a freshman, and he is running everywhere. He's really good at seeing um, the field, and will cut back and get yards and so what we see is that they have some deep threats they have some solid receivers and the quarterback is very mobile and so I kind of think of Utah State I mean that quarterback was able to move around in the pocket and escape and so what we're hoping is we can kind of keep him inside the pocket make sure that if he wants to throw long balls go ahead I mean I feel like our DBs have stepped up a ton um you saw Mike Shell. He seemed like he was running a vertical route for San Jose State, and he caught the ball. And he was the receiver. Yeah, exactly. And so what we needed to do this week is make sure that we first stop the run because they, all they want to do is run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then take a shot every now and again. And so if we can stop the run, have them throw the ball more often, we'll be okay. Have you ever been to Fresno before? Never. Never. And so I'm kind of nervous as of what to expect. But, you know, I have some family out there. They say it's, it's a good time, and so we'll have to see. I won't be able to go out with them and hang out with them, but – you know, just being there will be cool. All right, Butch. Good luck, man. And hopefully Diane's not stripping you of the yeah. ball after yeah. you haven't come up with yeah. an interception. Thank you, guys. Happy <laughs> Halloween. How epic would that be if uh, <laughs> Butch Bow had an interception Saturday and all of a sudden he just pitches it to Diane Gawoluku, who then runs it in for a touchdown? Like, what an amazing play. No, it's because he's owes Diane something. <laughs> There's not enough pitching, by the way, in More, football. Yes. More, more laterals. More laterals. <laughs> By the way, Kalani Sitake was on the BYU team that played Fresno State the last time BYU played in Fresno in the, in the uh, you know, 16-team WAC in 98. He had one rush say, that's our for one yard. Of the day. <laughs> one rush for you, one yard. So on Countdown to Kickoff Saturday, we're going to show the one rush for one yard. He did say yesterday, you know, maybe it would have turned out differently if he, you know, played a little bit more. <laughs> And the fact that BYU played, uh, you know, two quarterbacks in that game. Uh, Dave McCann tells a fun story where the headset had ripped off Lavelle Edwards' head when they were trying to do a post-game interview, so he was kind of annoyed. They just lost by 10. Headset rips off. And then Dave asks him a question about why he played, you know, two quarterbacks, and Lavelle was kind of annoyed. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I can't picture Lavelle annoyed. Uh, he was after that game, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. apparently. Yeah. Coming up, what's the chance BYU beats Fresno State on Saturday? And what's the chance BYU wins by 30-plus tonight against Westminster? About 17-plus. What do you think, Ben Bagley? Thumbs up. Ooh. Let's do this, Leroy.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm Jordan and Jason Shepard live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. People, watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern time. Yeah, BYU basketball tonight. Hoops hosting Westminster, exhibition-style Marriott Center, 9 p.m. Eastern time on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. I will have pregame for you on BYU Radio beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. How much will you be watching Game 7 as well as the Westminster BYU Oh, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be all, it'll, it'll be the pip, picture in picture. Yes, pip, I love it. Our Twitter question, how would you def- best define your level of optimism for the BYU basketball season? Use the hashtag BYUSN, at BYUofU. What does that mean? Uh, BYUofU. After winning the pit, even if it was a charity game, I am highly optimistic. Gregory Bell's right. No matter how you get that win, that's good, especially for this group that has more newcomers than old comers. Uh, and then you have a new uh, associate head coach. That was a nice win. Did Use hashtag BYUSN win. Did it make you wish that BYU was back in the Mountain West? No. Nope, it did not. Not even a little bit. It did not. <laughs> it did not. Okay, BYU's playing a, a basketball game tonight. Big game with Fresno State coming up as well. So let's play a little What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? What's the chance is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Ben Bagley, number one. First off, what's the chance BYU wins by 30-plus tonight? Mm, I'm going to say uh, 53.724%. Thank you for the thousandth on that. <laughs> I just like to get you know as, as technical as possible. That's my I mean, role. It's, it's certainly possible. I think it's, it's better than 50-50 chance. But, I mean, 30s, even in an exhibition, 30s a lot to win yeah. by. I'll go, uh, I'll go 68.7%. I think there's a good chance that BYU wins this game uh, by 30-plus tonight. I think BYU is going to play good ball. I, th- I think this BYU team has its ducks in a row, and we'll see how quickly they can implement everything that they practice. So you'll be disappointed if they only win by 29. No, no. I won't be disappointed. Of course not. <laughs> Number two. What's the chance BYU wins at least 10 of 13 non-conference games this season? Ooh, what do you think? Oh, man. i got to look at the schedule. Yeah, that's – you know what? I, I'm going to say I'll give that a 72% chance. Okay. This is, That'd be really good. Yeah, I mean, this this is not a juggernaut non-conference schedule. It's got some good teams. Yes, I like Alabama. I yes. like UMass. I like Utah. I mean, yeah, I like you're playing Utah here Illinois at State. the Marriott UT Center. UT Arlington back in the Marriott That's Center. That's right, yeah. Look at, it's the revenge game. Don't sleep on Utah Valley, by the way. 18 threes? What? Uh, yeah, so I'll, what did I say, 72%? Yeah. Yeah, I'll go 72%. I'll go, uh, I'll go 64%. I think there's a decent shot. The BYU could have a nice run. I'll take 9-4, and four, though, out of that. I might even take eight and five. I don't know. It's a young group. Oh, way to set the bar low. That's uh, yeah, we talked about that in the <laughs> opening segment. Number three. Let's do some football. What's the chance BYU football gets its first win streak started on Saturday? Mm. 15 point one. dog. Yeah, that's what I said. 15 yeah, point dog. I'm, I'm going like 38%. I, I think there is a chance, uh, but I don't think that it's likely that BYU against a top 20 defense uh, gets this thing done. But. I could see where BYU wins this game. If UNLV can beat Fresno State, BYU can too. Okay, is the, is the football power index still saying like we're like 18% chance to win this game? I'll look it up. I think that's what it's saying that B, 18.2 for BYU to win this game. Uh, the, uh, the football power index is not giving BYU a chance here. I am going to give them a better chance than 182 
I'm actually going to give them a little higher chance than what you did. I'm going to say 43.7%. Thank you for your thoughtful decimals. I just I, I want to make sure that I'm accurate. It is possible, but it, it of course it's possible. No, no, no. That's the chance. But the the forty three point seven one. So whatever I said. Uh, <laughs> I don't like the fact that Fresno's coming off a loss. Yes, that's the part I don't like. You yeah, UNLV kind of took advantage of uh, yeah the and it was an unexpected game. loss. It was a trap game yeah. for Fresno it's State. It's a trap. It's game. a trap. Number four. What's the chance Tanner Mangum throws for more touchdown passes than the BYU defense causes turnovers? I could see this happening. Fresno State doesn't turn it over a lot yeah. uh, on offense this yeah. year, and Tanner Mangum has it going uh, through the air, uh, granted against uh, you know soft coverage at the end of the ECU game. But San Jose State wasn't very good, but you did what you're supposed to do. So I'll say – uh, 72% chance. Yeah, Isn't I, that a high probability? Yeah, I, I, based off of what you said, I mean, Fresno State is not known for turning the ball over. They're very no. efficient. They, yes. they don't do that. So I actually think this is very high. I'm going to give it, say, I'll say 85%. And, and, and Tanner has been playing much better. Fresno State, 14th in the country in turnover margin yep. right now. And number five. Last one. What's the chance Greg Rubel kept the Ron Burgundy wig and mustache from last night? I'd say 99%. Why wouldn't you? 99%. He was amazing. One, he looked really good. And then two, he was in character the whole time. <laughs> I love so that funny. he's not smiling here because that is perfect. Yeah. I, t- is- I took this picture of Greg in the hallway and we took one and he looked at it and he goes, I don't think Ron would be standing like that. So then we took a second. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, by the way, 100% chance he took that, <laughs> that home. There's 100% chance. Way to top me. That is what's the chance, and it is 100% over, which is a fun game. Use hashtag BYUSN. Weigh in on our Twitter questions today. How would you best define your level of optimism for the BYU basketball season? At Dan underscore Smith for BYU. With the way football has gone, I'm excited, but keeping expectations low. You're right. That's kind of been a theme where I want to wait and see with this team. Like, I want to I wanna jump on I wanna, board. I want to. I want to. Stop. At Laser Sheep, cautious optimism sums it up. Out of five, my optimism is at a 3.1. Football just taught us to never assume success, but hope for it. Hmm. Well, that's disappointing. That, that makes that's me depressing. sad. depressing. Yeah. Coming up, which hill not named Taysom did something significant on campus? That is a good tease. And Jimmer had an off night for Jimmer standards. Was, was it really an off night? We'll tell you how he did in China. This is BYU Sports Nation. What's the Chance is sponsored by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Our esteemed guests today, Greg Rebell and Butch Pau. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Future guests on BYU Sports Nation will include Brian Billick and Dennis Pena. Let's whoops it. Whoops. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Men's hoops host Westminster tonight in their second exhibition game of the season. Nine Eastern live on BYU TV and BYU Radio coverage on BYU Radio pregame coverage will begin at 8 Eastern. Football. Prepares itself for Fresno State for the first time since 1998. Countdown to kickoff starts 9.30 Eastern time on BYU TV Saturday and BYU Radio at 8.45 Eastern. Jimmer. Fredette put up 25 points, grabbed four rebounds last night in a Shanghai Sharks 123-112 win over the Tianjin Gold Lions. Golf. Everybody's a lion, apparently, in the Chinese Basketball Association. 
Women's t- the women's team finished ninth at the SMU Trinity Forest Invitational. Rose Wong finished tied for tenth at eight over par. This concluded the Cougars' playing time for the fall. They will resume play in February. Tennis. Sean Hill will represent BYU at the ITA Fall Championships at Indian Wells, California. In the men's singles tournament play starting today. When Spencer lived in Palm Springs, he would uh, go to lots of uh, lots of events at Indian Wells. Uh, in fact, my parents have seen BYU play there. Oh, really? It's the place that they go, just like Sean Hill will go. So congratulations to Sean, not Taysom Hill, uh, for making it to that. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter, helping you need it most. DexterLaw.com goes to everyone involved with the BYU Sports Halloween Spooktacular last night. From BYU Athletics to the fans to our awesome crew, that was a ton of fun. And hopefully that's something we can do in the future. Yeah, I, mean, I was out in the crowd, out in the trunk retreat area. I can tell you the, the teams were having fun with this. The coaches were enjoying it. It was a great time uh, and a great job by everybody involved. And I saw some of those, uh, you know, dinosaurs that the kids wear. Right. <laughs> so I was happy because those are the best. <laughs> those are the best. Our Twitter question, how would you best define your level of optimism for the BYU basketball season? Let's go to Twitter. At Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94, caution and cautious and hopeful, a little scared, kind of excited, but nervous, unsure, a little worried, but happy for BYU basketball. We'll see. That feels all over the place. That is I'll be a honest. Lot, uh, that's a lot going there. Uh, at Farnsworth Dill, optimistic that the NIT is in reach. Okay. Okay. What? Uh, okay. No but, no, but seriously, my expectation for this team is to get to the NIT, but be bubblicious. That's my hope. Ah, my hope. My expectation is the NIT. Makes me want some I, I hope the team makes... The NCAA tournament, but it's tough in this league. Our elite tweet of the day, at Chris Reed Jacobs. Like being jaded from multiple heartbreaks, cautiously optimistic that this time is the one, but no surprises if your heart gets ripped out. Well then! How many times have we read the words cautiously optimistic? Cautious, yeah. Yeah, Cautiously optimistic. A lot of yellow lights on this Twitter question. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand, BYUSN.com. For Jason, I am Jerem. Shout out to Byron Lake. We're back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time. A rebroadcast of After Further Review is coming your way in two minutes. This is BYU Sports Nation.